0: We miss you, Kevin.
1: We miss you, Kevin. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I
0: miss you? Hello there. This is I Miss You, Man podcast. I do with my friend Dylan. How's it going, Dylan? I've been better.
1: I've been better, Lonnie, as I'm sure we all have.
0: Yeah, it's a tough time for um, Batman fans around the world, isn't it? Woke up to some some really sad news yesterday. What happened,
1: Dylan? Well, apparently the the legendary, unmatched, iconic voice of Batman over the years, thirty years, Kevin Conroy, passed away. And apparently, with a very short, brief battle with cancer.
0: Really shocking. In, we we're just talking about it off air about something not on, something we don't approve of, something we didn't think was going to happen. I'd never thought this would, never enter my mind.
1: I don't know why. But... It's one of those things, like he's, you could just always expect him as Batman again at yeah. some point. He's just been consistent. Like there's never really been a gap with him voicing Batman since 1992, to this year, he did up until.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Now, you might be coming to the show not listening to any previous episodes of I Miss You Man. You're pleased to know Batman features pretty heavily. He's one of our recurring segments, almost. One of our boys. <laughs> Normally, we go into sort of pop culture. Um, interesting facets of pop culture, life in between, is our sort of tagline. Um, but we thought we we scrapped our plans for this week, and we thought we'd just devote a whole episode to Kevin Conroy's Batman um, I think it's a great idea I think it's I think it's a good thing we're doing this. He's been Batman all our lives, has not he before we were born too much <laughs> before so, we were born yeah, just you know. yeah, and as you said it's there there have been times when he was doing it you know on t on a t v show regularly, other times where you know, obviously the the games in various forms. But there have been times when he's like, is he retiring? But he always comes back, and it has been that sort of constant.
1: There have been other animated voices of Batman, but he's been the guy. Every time there's a new animated voice of Batman, they try out. You just think, oh, they're not bad. They're not bad. But why, why didn't you get Kim Conroy, though? Yeah, exactly right. Um, We'll talk a bit about him, his performance,
0: him as a bloke. Um, and we watched some of the old episodes that he was voicing Batman for, and of course we watched his feature film, um, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, and so we'll sort of go through that as well. Um, Dylan, just, just generally, he's your Batman, right? He, he's number one for you?
1: Not even a contest, right? And I think whenever you really talk to someone who's heard Kevin Conroy's Batman consistently over the years, every time they have a discussion of who's the best Batman, there's always that asterisk, like, apart from Kevin Conroy, who's the best Batman? (laughs) Because he just is. He's that voice. It's a given, definitely. Um, Absolutely. It's just the perfect voice for Batman too. It's just I've never heard a voice that can be so intimidating if you're not on his side, but so gentle and calming. If he's saving you, really, it's perfect.
0: Yeah, that's such a fine line. Um, it's that light and shade, and let's not forget, he's doing it all in his voice, aided by the visuals, which are you know top notch, especially animated series. But it just, it's, his, it's his voice that can do all of that, and he's giving one hundred percent at all times, even when it's you know the grunts and the the small little little jabs and whatever.
1: It's always there, hundred percent of the time. I don't think I've ever heard him phone it in at any point. No, like even if he's just like in a Lego game, you know, <laughs> that's that's still Batman, hundred percent. Well, in one of the episodes we watched, or I watched, sorry, but we did, we didn't watch the same ones. We
0: watched sort of a bit of a hodgepodge, so we'll get us into full breadth here for the episode today. Um, it was he only had like a few lines, but he sold them. You know, it wasn't. <laughs> and that that week would have been a light week for him, but he came and knocked out of the park. Uh, it was great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I watched a few. He featured pretty heavily in the ones I watched, except one. I'll mm-hmm. be um, curious to see if it's the same one we watched. It's oh, one of the greats. We'll see. Okay. We'll <laughs> uh, now you said he had some stories um, about how he got the role. I've read a few things, but I'd like to hear what you've got. Well, apparently, and this is this blew my mind. He had never done any voice acting mm. before this. So, just how is that not just it? it I can't fathom it, Lonnie. Yeah. It's his first role. His first and voice And he's the most role. iconic. Playing one of the most iconic characters yeah. in fiction. And yeah, be, and not only just becoming the voice of Batman, mm. but becoming one of the most iconic voice actors of all time. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Nuts. Um, he went to Juilliard and he was roommates with Robin Williams. How crazy is that? <laughs> okay. I did not
1: know that. That's nuts too. Yeah,
0: that's weird because I, I believe Christopher Reeve was also there around that time and he was good mates with uh, Robin Williams. That's pretty weird, isn't it? What, what stellar class. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, and, and he'd done various um, TV shows, lots of guest roles, um, lots of theatre and I think it was, yeah, through a family friend I was reading that he got an audition for, well, not, not through the friend, but like that was sort of how he got interested in it or got the tip off for the mm. um, audition. And, yeah, you, you wouldn't have really known because this is the first... Batman the Animated Series was one of the first animated cartoon. It's for kids, obviously, but it had that adult edge to it. And they were sort of not inventing yeah. that, weren't they, at the time?
1: Yeah, for sure, making cartoons for everyone, mm. not just kids.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So... Yeah, it's just a perfect marriage. We can't talk about him as Batman without talking about his Joker, and I think, yeah, we got to shout out to Mark Hamill because it seemed like they were great mates off off um, screen as oh, well. Yeah,
1: but, he was devastated. He put up an Instagram post. He yeah. was yeah, loved him like a brother. He said, yeah, but you, you
0: can't have a good Batman without a good Joker, can you? And these two playing off each other, it's just absolutely. He's he's so he's a straight man most of the time. He's always playing against a really out there Joker. But it just works so well; they complement each other really, really well,
1: for sure. And I think part of the reason there's such good chemistry there is that um, when they did the voice acting recording sessions, they're always together mm. doing them, like a like a little radio show kind yeah, that's of.
0: That's awesome, and it makes you wonder about those those big animated Pixar films, whatever. When they record each actor separately, is it, is it, is it, I mean, I guess it works, but why
1: would you do that if you, if yeah, you what? could? There's no point. There's no advantage to it. I don't understand. Yeah. But anyway, you have to have a few read-throughs together. I would have thought. But yeah, it just seems like so much more
0: fun. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And everyone together. Um, yeah, I can't I can't say I knew the bloke, but from whatever everything I've seen online after his death, but also beforehand for years and years, oh. everybody's saying what a great bloke he was. Especially... Oh, everyone just says he's a sweetheart. Everyone yeah. loves him. And like it'd be tough being doing those Comic Con you know, circuits, right, and meeting fans, you know, with photos and um, signing autographs and stuff. Like, it's tough, like, that's obviously pretty quick to have, and I'm not saying oh, it's, yeah. it's not like digging ditches and stuff, but also having to be there all day, being on all the time, not mm. really having a private life because you're a public figure, and, you know, having to be nice to the first person you meet that day, and also being nice to, to the last person you meet that day and giving <laughs> them that, that, you know, that warmth. Pretty awesome, and it has to show that you, you can't act, you can't fake that, you know. <laughs> you no. have to be a good bloke to do that. Definitely. Um, I've read some some good stuff online. There's one article, uh, sorry, one Twitter thread, and I've lost it, but I'm I'll try and find it for the for notes. Anyway, here's my recollection of it. There was this guy in New York, and he, I think he's walking around Central Park or something, and he happened upon Kevin Conroy, not knowing who it was. He was walking his dogs, they started chatting, like you know, like strangers do, and after a little while they have to chat, and he's like i swear i recognize you from somewhere and kevin was like yeah i'm batman <laughs> <laughs> what a legend and then they oh. just kept going on you know a bit more chat and then as he left he did the did the, the batman voice for him which was pretty cool i it yeah, wouldn't didn't have to he didn't have to do anything that he could have just kept walking but you know took that time out of, his, out of his day to um make that little nice interaction for the fan which is awesome yeah what a great guy yeah Another story on Twitter. and I did a thread for this one. I kept it. Um, there's this guy. Um, there's a podcast for Batman the Animated Series.
1: Oh, sure. Okay.
0: Um, the BTS podcast. and he to get lots of the actors on. And something funny he would do is um, get them to record um, fake commercials as their character. Um, yeah, a bit of fun. And yeah, you know, he got the other actors to do it. And he got Kevin Conroy on, um, to interview him, but then also he gave him this little, you know, little skit to read. He read it, he chuckled, uh, but then he turned it down. And he said he was happy to interview and he very kindly made it clear that he thought the script was funny, but he felt the responsibility to the character and to the fans who loved his version of the character. He didn't want to shadow the illusion or sell Batman out for a cheap joke.
1: Wow. okay. I yeah. can respect
0: that. And yeah, there's a bit more to the to the thread, and I'll, I will link it into our, in our show notes. But I think that's great. Like he, he seemed to really take the mantle of being Batman. And I'm going to say this, I don't mean this, but even as a voice actor, you know, I hmm. think that's totally legitimate form acting, but, you know, you could potentially just go in, say the lines, and then go home and don't worry about it. He took it so seriously. He, he really understood Batman means a lot to people
1: and... You know,
0: in this in this instance, yeah. definitely took it very seriously to the point where he wouldn't do a joke. So I think that's cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He has 100% respect for the character. Mm. And from what I've heard as well, he got the character right off the, uh, the bat. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> good on you. <laughs> no, good on you. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much straight away from the start of this animated series, he realized that Batman isn't, the mask mm. Bruce Wayne is the mask which yeah if you know Batman that rings a hundred percent true yeah
0: and that I think that was revolutionary at the time for um, screen media
1: that's a bit of that I guess
0: Michael Keaton um, I suppose Yeah, bit of a weird thing because it's a Tim Burton movie rather than a you know more than a Batman movie in some ways those ones but yeah. that, that's quite revolutionary I think in the way to approach the character um, one thing you notice when you're watching his performances, he's kind of got a Bruce Wayne slash Batman voice, and he's got a Batman intimidating voice, but he's got a Bruce Wayne public voice, with mm. the lighter touch to it, and that's when he's acting, and I think that's where he probably, probably has most- a lot of fun with it, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, well he said with the, once he realised that it helped keep the Batman voice from sounding artificial... Yeah, um, sure. And yeah, the artificial sanding one, as you said, is the one where he's playing yeah. it up as the billionaire playboy.
0: <laughs> Which we, we haven't seen that on screen in, in live action for a long time. I guess Christian Bale early on did a bit of the billionaire playboy stuff, but
1: um, I mean, Yeah, a little bit in, in Batman Begins and Dark yeah, Knight, yeah. here and there.
0: But we haven't seen that, that faster of the character in a, in a while. I feel like if there's more to the Batman universe, with Rob Pattinson we'll get into that, but it's fun, it's good to see it somewhere, and Kevin Conroy's is great,
1: yeah, nails it,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, something I was thinking of for the series, it's not so much in Phantasm, but in the series, do you get the sense that Kevin Conroy's Batman likes being Batman?
1: Yeah, I would say so, yeah, especially because it is a bit more kid friendly, so there's it, it's, it's it's a bit lighter sometimes, yeah, especially. I feel like. It's not really contributed in
0: in Phantasm because that goes into the darker aspects of him and why he's taken on the mantle and the promise he's made, the vow he's made to his parents and you know, which is pretty common to most Batman stories. I think in the series especially though, there is that sense of like, he's got a certain level of self-confidence in himself, (laughs) he enjoys being Batman, he sees the purpose, he sees he's doing a good job at it and so he's got to keep at it and he has fun with it and I guess maybe that's because he's, he's sometimes he's fighting off gangsters and bank robbers and stuff. It's not like he's the Joker. He's he's captured children and stuff, which sometimes that happens on that show. But um, yeah, there there is that light touch to it, which I think um, is not all doom and gloom for Batman, which is nice to see sometimes because Batman can be so many things to so many different people.
1: Yeah, I think it's really good to have a balance too because these days it either skews towards just being fully serious and dark, Mm -hmm. like the Batman, Rob Pattinson's, Mm -hmm. or it's just completely goofy and off the walls like Lego Batman Mm. or Batman the Brave and the Bold. So it's really good to have, it really is the perfect balance, this series, Mm. between the campy side of Batman and sort of the more serious side that Frank Miller kind Mm. of ignited in the 80s.
0: Yeah, and you can have your preference, but I think a true Batman fan, I think, can appreciate both sides to the character, and, and something that can yeah. tell the line, the balance, is um pretty damn perfect.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've heard... Anyone that likes Batman, I don't think I've heard anyone say bad things about this series. No. And, you know, a
0: lot of that's got to go down to the performance of the, of the great man, so there we go. Now... For a long time, it was hard to watch this show. I remember being on TV as a kid. I don't remember which channel or anything, but I watched it every now and then. Loved it when I got the chance to. And then the DVDs weren't really around in Australia. I think they're around now. Um, at one stage, Dylan, I, I might have been able to sail the seas and, and got a copy of the oh. animated series.
1: You dirty devil. <laughs>
0: watched a fair bit of it there. Luckily now, though, it's, it's all on stand, which is great. Um, yeah, and readily available to buy on DVD and Blu-ray if you yeah, want. Yeah, definitely. So Batman the Animated Series definitely recommend it, especially if you've no. got kids. But I think even adults can appreciate it all. So A- get everyone amongst get amongst it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, he returned in Justice League,
1: the follow-up series. That whole run of cartoons they did, I think he was Batman in all of them. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Is, yeah, amazing, because he was Batman in Superman, the animated series, which yes. we both love as well, uh-huh. get amongst that too. Th- that's some um, of the
0: greater episodes are too, like, yeah, there's some episodes of that which aren't,
1: yeah, they're more like kid, kid cartoon, but the ones of Batman are pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then there's also Batman Beyond as well, where yes. Replayed old Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. also.
0: And it, various tie-in movies for those um, as well, which we put about Phantasm, but there's also been a couple, um, directed
1: DVD, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And then anything with just Batman guest starring, like Static Shock.
0: Mm. um, He was Batman in that
1: as well mm-hmm. when he guest starred, I think, for like five episodes or nice. something like that. And then, yeah, Justice League, which, oh, people, you catch me on the right day. That is my favourite show of all time. <laughs> I, re- I really love it. All, all Every single Justice League member in that show, Is their iconic voices to me? They just, everyone nailed their job in that show. How good. Um,
0: Various movies as well from the DC animated universe. I guess we can't really go past the Arkham games, can we? How could you? Like, it'd be enough to be the the iconic Batman cartoon animated series guy, but he's also the, the quintessential Batman video game
1: voice as well. And not only this, are they just great Batman games? They're some of the best games of all time, ever. Yeah. And again, part of that credit has to go to his performance in that because it's pretty stellar, especially in Arkham City. He has a lot of emotion he has to deal with in that game. Oh, so good. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the great Batman stories, just in general.
0: And yeah, it hinges on him, sells that so well. And there's so much, like... Yeah, it's not just a 20 minute episode, there is so much to, re- to do for video game, isn't there, as a voice actor?
1: Oh, you'd have to record like thousands of lines. Yeah. Especially for Batman, like just in fights in general. Yeah. No, <laughs> That'd yeah. probably take a whole week, <laughs> probably. Yeah,
0: exactly. Now, that, that's the terrific game. Some of your favourites, some of my favourites, Arkham City, we've mentioned a few times in this podcast, being the mm. best, but... They're all good. So if for some reason you've got this far without playing them and you're into Batman, you've got
1: to get amongst those. Yeah, please do. And just the range he has in that too, because he's facing death. Like at some point it's guaranteed he's dying in that mm. because he gets infected and he just has to reserve himself to that. There's a part where um, he, Hugo Strange plays a big part in it too mm. and he knows Batman's secret identity and he holds that over him. As there's a point in the end... Where Hugo Strange is dying. And the easiest thing for Batman would be to just let him die. Mm. <laughs> that problem solves itself. But he is just begging the villain who stabbed him to get him help. Like, just the desperation in his voice. Mm. He just captures Batman's love for human life. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, that, that's terrific. It's, I mean, I guess step back, you know,
1: it's a superhero game
0: that a guy just loves a bat. <laughs> punching up criminals like it's a bit silly in one level but when you're in it totally genuine it's the most it's drama it's to the core of the human condition yeah good stuff completely agree yeah um i haven't dipped my toe too much into the arrow verse but i do know that he made an
1: appearance on screen as batman i watched that oh you watched that one did you i did watch that episode yeah um I did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> so they were be a big big infinite crisis thing, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, those CW shows are so shit. Like, I, look, man, I'll love me some cheese. I, I'll, I can get amongst that any day of the week. Mm. But this was like that five star level, strong Parmesan sharp shit. I could not handle it. <laughs> um, and on top, on top of that as well, He's playing Batman from a different universe. He's playing an evil Batman.
0: Yeah, that's a bit rough. We get him on screen finally, and he's
1: evil. Not, not okay. Not okay at all. <laughs> and he's just straight up evil. And he doesn't even get redeemed at the end. He dies evil. Mm. Not on.
0: Yeah. Oh well. I mean, I guess it's a bit fun after a thirty-year career of playing
1: the best Batman, who's the nicest guy ever. Bit of fun to play an evil guy, but. <laughs> Good shout-out. I, I think he should, he should have cameoed as Thomas Wayne in one of these live-action movies. Yeah, that would be Don't good. Don't know how that didn't happen. Yeah, Man,
0: it's rough, isn't
1: it? I mean, everyone loves Jeffrey Dean Morgan, but, like, come on, that could have been Kevin. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, I want to mention, before we get into the,
0: the episodes you watch in the movie, um, so I just wanted to mention, fairly recently, um, he wrote a comic... Kevin Conner wrote a comic called Finding Batman mm. and it was to do with his unlikely journey, as it says here on the ABC article, which I'm going to, going to um, post in our show notes, um, but also talks about how he was gay and how he you know, started his career during the AIDS crisis, a terrible time um, in history, and he had a, he's playing an iconic hero starting out in a time where, where society wasn't as accepting of gay people. To be honest, when when I found out that he was gay, I had no idea about that. I didn't mind at all, and didn't change my perception of the character one bit in his performances. But I was just like, "Oh, wow, cool!" And there you go. Yeah, there you go. And the comic apparently is very good and interesting. They've like got a quote here from him, and it's it is from the from the Finding Batman cartoon, or sorry, comic that he wrote. He said, hmm. "I've often marvelled as how." Appropriate it was that I should land this role, Batman. Mm. As a gay boy growing up in the 1950s and 60s in a devoutly Catholic family, I'd grown up, grown adept at concealing parts of myself. Um, the article says, The voice that emerged from Conrad for Batman, he said, was one he didn't recognise. A voice that, i quoting, seemed to roar from 30 years of frustration, confusion, denial, love, yearning. I felt Batman rising from deep within. That, that's that's wow.
1: pretty pretty beautiful, pretty amazing.
0: And to think of that that you know that core element of Batman being somebody who has a you know dual personality or wow. two two different sides of him that he has to conceal at various points to each other. And then comparing that to growing up um, gay in a in a household that would not accept that. That's not again something I wouldn't wouldn't have thought about. But that's it's kind of genius to draw upon that. And, you know, he had to because that was his life. But to take that experience and transpose it to Batman, who's one of the very masculine characters
1: and not known for being gay at all in any of his interpretations, but it works. so brilliant. It does. It really does. I have to get amongst that because I really like those autobiographical comics like the Paul Deenie one, Dark Knight.
0: we did on this podcast a little while ago. Yeah.
1: Um. In particular, they, they talk here about
0: Mask of the Phantasm, which talks about Bruce Wayne's unsettled issues with his parents, the article says. Um, <laughs> again, you know, drawing upon his own experiences growing up with an alcoholic father. Um, so, yeah, I am definitely want to get amongst that comic.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, as he says here, in a 2016 interview, he said, calling it animation doesn't do it justice. It's more like Mythology. That's, that's no. the comparison to the mythology of today is, is, is film and TV. So, Yeah, yeah, definitely. Shall we get into some of this mythology and talk about some of the episodes we watched and then finish it off with the movie? Let's do it. I think one of your episodes might have actually been a video game you played through again. <laughs> yep. Which we can get
1: into. Do you want to yeah. do that first? What do you want to, how do you want to do this? Oh, mate, me yeah. Do. No, let's do, let's do some of the animated episodes. Let's do it. All right. Well, my first one, I just picked pick randomly,
0: basically. Um, mm-hmm. One I'd watched already, two I hadn't seen before. I picked season two, episode six on Stan. I think Stan is the correct order. I don't know if Stan just picked them up, put them in. No. Random. no? Okay.
1: I, no, I, th- <laughs> I think they are some, they're messed around a bit. Yeah. Because I, I looked at what the last episode was and it was mad love. I'm like, that's not the last episode. I got confused last by that too. Okay. Yeah. Last episode's like Harvey Dent being a stupid judge or something.
0: Right. Okay, well, I might just say the title in rather than the season and episode number, because <laughs> that might confuse everybody. Um, yeah, it was called "The Terrible Trio."
1: Have you seen this one, Dylan? Oh yeah, I've seen them all, but you'll have to remind me specifically what it was.
0: Okay, so that's where some of Bruce Wayne's mates from high society have got together and have started being criminals because they've they haven't got anything else to do because they've they're bored basically. They've done safari, they've yes. done everything else in life, they've got money. What else do they do? Let's become criminals and go up against the bat. <laughs> Pretty fun. Fucking
1: <laughs> hell. Uh, well, uh, relative, yeah, I suppose. An indictment suppose.
0: on rich society, I reckon, Dylan, on the one percenters.
1: Oh, uh, you reckon?
0: <laughs> um, the first thing I thought watching the episode from the very beginning,
1: we'll create music, you know, for a
0: cartoon. Oh.
1: What I know, it's it's fantastic. I mean, obviously, Danny Elfman did the actual intro mm. for it. I um, Can't remember her name, but uh, she's a lady. She's passed away as well, I believe. But um, she scored everything else in it, mm. and it's it's very Elfman esque, mm-hmm. and it's it's fantastic. It's good stuff. Um, also,
0: the design of Batman um, or Bruce Wayne in particular sort of um, jumped out of me in this watch through. Um, he you got these, these massive wide collars on his shirts. At uh, one stage, <laughs> he's got like a white sweater, a bit like um, Fred from <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Oh, hello. It's like classic, you know, rich boy stuff, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um. And in this episode, we got to see a bit of the lighter Bruce Wayne side. Um. And it really, it showed to me that, you know, Bruce is the mask. He's out there, he's playing golf or something with his rich society mates, um, and he's playing stupid, basically. Although he does, he, he gives some good things that they're there, making fun of, the help and whatever, and he's like, don't you know their names, or don't you want to give money to charity? And they're like, no, <laughs> charity sucks, we're rich. <laughs> um, yeah, good. It, he, he, he plays it, so, so perfectly when he's Bruce Wayne, he, he, he seemed to have been an airhead, you know, just the sort of guy you wouldn't mm-hmm. think he's up to anything else apart from being a sort of rich airhead, which is just what he wants, you know, Yeah. Um, at one stage the ringleader of the, of the, the terrible trio as Bruce walks away, he's like, dollar to dollar, he's the dullest man in Gotham city. <laughs> just <his laughs> Um, it's a really clever bit though. There's one, one car chase when they've they've taken some money. These fellas, um, they're being chased by Batman, and they throw the money out the out the back of the car. And at first, hmm. I was like, are they trying to get like the Batmobile to, you know, to fall or something, or to, you know, get um, the wheels gonna get stuck with the notes on the ground? No, but they did, they throw the money out, so people run on the road trying to grab the money, and so Batman obviously can't run them down run through them. Of course not. I thought that was really clever. You can see that sort of thing playing out in live action for sure. Um, the other thing I'll say about this episode in particular, and every episode, I guess, of this series, it, it really shows Batman in, in detective mode. He, yes. Which I think is you know, something that gets lost on occasion, um, but not in this series at all. Um, so he notices when the guys get beaten up and he notices a ring mark on his cheek... And so he he finds out where the ring is from. It's from fraternity. He works out that fraternity is where the boys went. And so yeah, he's got he's worked out who it is. Um, it was a really nice line towards the end as well when he worked out that they're just doing it for fun. He's like, yeah, well, at least the Draker has madness as an excuse. These guys are just bored. <laughs> they're just dickheads. Yeah, it was a really good ending. You know, often this this these episodes have to um, wrap up quickly because only 20 minutes episodes. Um, but they've caught the guy, police are there, or Batman's tied him up, and he's like, you know what, doesn't matter, I'll get the best justice money can buy. And the next shot is just him walking into prison, walking into his cell. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good, good stuff. It was a good episode, and I recommend it.
1: Yeah? No, I, th- I think they're all good, to be honest. Oh, definitely. It's a couple, yeah. couple, of st- couple of stinkers in season one. But, you know, apart from that, I think it's all pretty, pretty great. All right. What have you got? Let's that's, that's, that's trade, that's, eh? Hey? Speaking of season one money, mm. I watched the pilot. Back to the beginning. I watched. I did. I did go there. I went with On Leather Wings. Is that our boy is, Man Bat? Oh, mate. You know it is. You know it is. Back to our Come beginnings on. as
0: well. Your first episode was all about Man Oh, so he played a heavy
1: part. For sure. For <laughs> sure. And it's, it's a classic episode. It's Man Bat introduced to this universe. So... Um, everyone's confused, they think that Batman's committing all these crimes and breaking into labs and everything, but it's not Batman, it's Man Bat, actually. How many times does something go wrong in Gotham City,
0: and everyone thinks it's Batman, even though every time it's proven, he is nothing but great and upstanding?
1: (laughs) Yeah, has no goodwill been built up, at all?
0: (laughs) That was in Phantasm too, but I guess they see him running away from a dead body and stuff and that, at least, but... <laughs> it's it's happened a few times. You're it right. Does. yeah oh, well. But you know but people are people are scared of what they don't understand, I guess. So Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um but yeah, great episode, just a classic like, Oh, who's the man Bat? And we find out, obviously, it's not Batman. Mm. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. It's Dr. Kirk Corners. But is one it, of the it, best parts isn't that is not that he a lizard? oh fuck that's right is Lang- yeah, that is lizard langstrom yes yeah. kurt langstrom there we go. sorry oh, damn it no no thank you thank you i appreciate that Kurt langstrom is man bad you know, like, this- there are there are
0: plenty of I'm- scientists who become villains in these these series so you that's your worry yep yeah,
1: yep yeah. <laughs> they're not few and far between for sure mm. um but one of the best parts of this is that he gets a call as Batman while he's in his cave mm. from a professor doing some research for him. And he just switches straight into that billionaire playboy voice. And yeah. it's very weird to hear that voice coming out of Batman. Yeah. He, yeah. Even though they're the same person, but I, I just thought it was cool. And he had it right from the very beginning, that duality of man. I love it. Isn't that great?
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: Um,
0: My next episode, if I may, is yes. probably one of the better ones.
1: Let's be honest. Um, Perchance to Dream. Ooh, okay. Is this is this a Mad Hatter one, or is I believe it is? Yes, yes. Um, okay. So, so Batman wakes up one day, and his parents are there,
0: and Alfred doesn't know where what, what the Batcave is, and Bruce is working at Wayne Enterprises, and he's got a a Slender in his life, sure, but she's his um fiance. Batman exists, but it's not him.
1: I did consider watching this one. Mm. I didn't pull the trigger at the end of the day, so I'm glad you did. Okay. Because it is it is great. I do love it, it.
0: It's a it's a classic episode. It's a classic scenario to put Bruce in. Um because it's one of those things, he's kind of got what he wants from life. Or does he? Yeah. Exactly. And there's at a certain point, like, it's a classic sci-fi trope, you know, or you know, fantasy trope. You put someone in the situation, and they think they're gone crazy, and then they get reassured. No, no, you're not crazy. And at a certain point, he's like, okay, but maybe I've actually, I am actually normal. and the Batman stuff, I think happened is the is the crazy dream I've been having. You know, <laughs> you'd love to see it. It's um, fun. It is fun. It's been it's been done, and it's been done after this, and before this, but I think done very very well here. Um, yeah. And there's one stage where he's he's finally accepted it. He's like, okay, I'm gonna go with this. Wasn't sure at first, but you know, the nightmare is over, which is a really heartbreaking thing for him to say. But then straight away he's like, all right, my parents are here, love them. Let's go to the opera. All right, Selena, let's get married. Let's do it. Let's do it. He's just like really digging in. Of course, it can't last. He um, happens mm. to look at the newspaper, realizes that there are no words there looks through all the books on the shelf, there are no words in there either. So the fantasy that he's in can only do so much with his mind. It can't give that level of detail. Um, so then he has to fight Batman. Turns out in his fantasy world, it's the Mad Hatter. and Mad Hatter was trying to give Batman what he wants, what he needs. Um, that, that dream fantasy sequence. But Batman can't do that. Bruce has made that vow in real life. He, he wouldn't be... The person who wants to be in the matrix with the you know getting getting the dream he has to be real and living his life good episode great episode um i'm also reminded in this episode that the classic mustard shirt that he wears in his suit for this series (laughs) i'd love to see that in live action at one stage i know the whole point of live action isn't just to recreate stuff that's already been done in the comics and in the cartoons i'd love to see it though
1: (laughs) Oh, I, don't, I don't know if Pattinson could pull off a mustard shirt, Lonnie. I, oh, I don't know. I'd love to see it. You'd love to see him give it a crack. It'd be good.
0: Um, okay. This episode, as I mentioned, it being really great. and well, Spoiler alert, by the way. Um, there's just such warmth in his voice, in his happy Bruce voice in this episode, and it, it's so heartbreaking to to see it turn into his intimidating Batman voice. And it's also he's got to play play the fantasy version of Batman really creepy, which is you know obviously Matt Hatter's interpretation in the dream sequence. So um yeah, huge range. It's a great like this this series is so so many episodes. There are some about all the Rogues Gallery. Um there are some where Batman doesn't feature very heavily. This is a real Bruce heavy episode, so I'd recommend it.
1: It must have been a nice muscle for Kevin Deflex to, to play an actual genuinely happy Bruce Wayne. Mm probably the first time in that show nearly Just argue.
0: yeah yeah um like we said before i think he finds joy and some sort of fulfillment being batman so there is that aspect of it but mm. this is the, the fantasy of everyone involved about what happens if his parents are still alive it's never gonna happen but every now and then you can get a, a get a crazy fantasy
1: con- concoction and give it a go No, good stuff. And I love the mad how to get in love in this show. He's in a fair few episodes. It's great. He made an appearance recently in Harley Quinn as well, which you need to get amongst if you haven't already, Dylan. Yeah, they put that up on Binge, so mm-hmm. I, I am going to watch that at good some stuff. point now. Let me They've know finally given us... Mm. They finally gave it to us dirty Australian loony. Some of us had to go do some docile things to see before this, so... um, that's uh, That's disgraceful. I've never sailed the seven seas of my entire life. I don't think that's true, but okay. <laughs> well.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass?
1: Next, I watched one of my favourite episodes. Probably watched this one, probably top five most watched, I would Mm -hmm. say. Beware the Grey Ghost. Uh Yeah, I didn't didn't watch it this time, but it's one of my favourites. It is really great. It's great. great. But also doubly sad now Mm. that we've lost Kevin Conroy and also guest stars in this episode, Adam West as the Grey Ghost himself. It's a really interesting episode and it's a kind of, I don't know, it's just its just really cool to see Batman have a hero to admire. That's a, the that's Grey a good Ghost. concept, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Because it's basically Adam West is playing this guy, Simon Trent, I believe mm. his name was, who is an actor on a show called The Grey Ghost, where he was a vigilante solving crimes. And then at some point, there these crimes start to appear in Gotham City that are mirroring Crimes in the show, mm. and so Batman's like, oh, I, I, "I remember this. I've seen this before. <laughs> I used to watch this show when I was a kid." Yeah. Um. And so he tries to t- track down like these tapes of the show, but everyone's like, no, "No, we don't have those. No one has them. They, they got lost in a fire." So he needs to track down Simon Trent, who mm. worked on the show, and he's just a bit sad, and it's probably a mirror of Adam West's life at the time, or at least a bit after Batman, where He just can't get any other acting work Mm. because everyone just sees him as the Grey Ghost character. Mm. And he's just constantly having to sell off all his memorabilia and memories and treasures from his time on the show just just to make rent and Mm. stay alive. And uh, at the end of the day, Batman ends up inspiring him just like he inspired Batman. It's just a beautiful episode. It's great. It's really good. It's a love letter to Adam West in a lot of ways, isn't it? Having him be there. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And it, also, happy ending. It revives transacting acting career at the end of an <laughs> episode. <laughs> Which yeah. kind of happened for Adam West a little bit. Yeah, too.
0: indeed. He he came back as Batman in some animated series of, of <sighs> movies, eventually. Yeah. And some of the best ones, too. Mm. No, good stuff. That that that's, that's in, This show is so good. But When you're doing Batman in a movie, you've got to be big... You've got to be operatic. You need to tell a huge story. There aren't many times in screen media where you can tell a little Batman story, you know, that delve into these sort of little hidden aspects of his life. So that, that concept, if you just said, who was Batman's hero when he's growing up, it's an awesome concept for a Batman story and an awesome
1: episode. That's why the series is great. It just can do small little intimate stories. It's fantastic.
0: Um I heard something recently to do with Batman and TV and I don't know if you've heard this either. Um, it was on the Weekly Planet podcast, our boys may sell Mr. Sunday movies. Yes. Yep. They mentioned that the reason why there's never been a, a Batman television show since the sixties is because no one's really sure who has the rights to a Batman live action animated series. <laughs> Did you have you, think, have you heard anything about this before?
1: I've heard that, like, the rights are dicey with uh, doing live-action Batman. That's kind of why Gotham didn't really touch Batman until, like, the last frame of it. Yeah. Just so they could get away. And they're like, uh, and there's Batman. Yay, okay, we're done. You can't sue us. We finished the series. It's over.
0: Because <laughs> the thing is, that series was made by Fox, I believe, in the 60s. And so, potentially, they still have claim to a Batman and Robin being on a television show, live-action However, DC slash Warner Brothers obviously own Batman, everything else. But like, if one of them tried to make any Batman show, potentially just the lawyers would come out and it would be stuck, and you have to pay a lot of money either way, before even getting there. So that's why potentially why there's never been one. And when Batman does appear in live action on television shows, it's never by himself. It's always, you know. Like in that episode, he was in Batwoman or whatever. Even in like the Teen Titans show, they're never on screen together. Apparently, oh, that,
1: yeah, no, he he was he was never in that. He was like a a shadow at points. I don't think he ever got voiced in it either. Oh, okay, I, I haven't mm-hmm. seen it, so yeah, it's interesting. is this the animated series you're talking about or the live action? Oh, the live
0: action, with the the one with um, uh, Titans. I think he might be on that, but maybe not as Batman or something. I don't know.
1: I think I think it's just Bruce Wayne. Yeah, is nice. it? Is it I think it's Sajora Mormon of, uh from Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't know Game of Thrones, do you? No, but I was going with you anyway. I believe you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're all right. Good idea. You got my back, even though you don't know what I'm talking about. i love it. it.
0: Um, anyway, that's it. I wonder if they would do one eventually. My point there being, you know, you can't tell these stories in live action because there's no live action television show of Batman. That's potentially why. Maybe we'll never get one or maybe someone's got to pay
1: someone a lot of money, which DC doesn't seem to want to do these days. And they, for the longest time too, you just couldn't get Batman 66 on mm. VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, because of these bloody fucking rights. Yeah. Um, finally, they worked it out, thankfully. Yeah. Because so, yeah. Yeah. That, that show is a treasure. It's great as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Do you have any more episodes you want to talk about? I did watch one. Oh, mm. um, I... I Look, this one wasn't really about Kevin. I just really liked this episode. Um, But he's got a few good moments in it. Okay. It's called Make Him Laugh. I don't know if I recall the name. What happens in this one? Uh, Well, Lonnie, this is the debut of the iconic Batman villain, the Condiment King. (laughs) Okay. He makes a few appearances in um, Harley Quinn, so... You'll like that when you when you get around to it. Right. I'm keen. When I saw him in Lego Batman movie, I was so happy that <laughs> brought that movie up from a nine to a ten, just on that alone. <laughs> all right. So what, what happened in this episode with the old CK? So so Joker uses microchips stolen from Mad Hatter. Again, mm-hmm. gets mm-hmm. a lot of love there in this is. show. Yeah. And so he brainwashes all these famous comedians into just like becoming supervillains. Um just to like ruin their reputation, send them to, to jail because they he's a bit scorned, they were judges who tossed him out of a comedy competition okay. previously. So yeah, it's it's just Joker being petty and and I love it. And <laughs> when Batman rocks up and sees Condiment King there, Kevin Conroy's delivery is just so great. He is just over it. And He's like, Look, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> Give up now, and I'll go easy on you. <laughs> nice. Oh, so great! I love it. <laughs> okay, I don't think I've seen that one. I have to get amongst it. That's good oh, one. mate, it's one of the best. I'll All love right,
0: it. yeah, sweet. Um, I watched one episode. I watched it just before this podcast started today, Dylan. So Ooh, it's fresh hello. off the fresh off the bat. While well, you your boy
1: was working, you were enjoying Batman. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, it was called Trial. Have you Seen Trial.
1: I mean, I have. But yeah, at some true. point. Man
0: Man in it. Batman goes on trial in a kangaroo court in Arkham Asylum. Pretty fun. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. This so there's, great. there's a
0: new prosecutor in town who doesn't like Batman. Often they don't because he's a vigilante. Um, and also, obviously, people in Goth... in Arkham don't like him either because he puts them there. And so they capture the um, prosecutor and Janet Van Dorff and... They bring her in to um, basically work out in this trial with all the super villains in the jury Joker, jokeker judge then <laughs> I think it'd be actually a pretty good villain for a live action adaptation
1: if you if it'd be very hard to nail, but if you do I, I agree I think it would' it'd be a yeah oh, it'd be so good. I don't know if it would fit into Pattinson's maybe not um. But we'll we'll see if they do another if they fit Batman back into this new D C E U with Black Adam and mm. Black Adam and stuff. That could work. Yeah, yeah, maybe more for that. There'll be a way. Anyway. He's a bailiff.
0: Um, Two Faces there as the prosecutor and Of course. Yeah, this um this DA who hates Batman has to defend him on trial about whether he's gonna live or die. <laughs> and as she talks to all the villains, they're all like, Well Batman made me do it. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Batman, he's the one who's the problem. And she's like, Well, weren't you already a villain before this, Mad Hatter? You were gonna kill that girl anyway, and Batman just happened to save you on his fault that you'll you know, he's, he saved you of anything from doing that crime. Um and as she goes along, she's like she sums it up and she says to the villains, you know what, you'd be here, maybe you'd be a bit different, but you'd be here anyway, if not for Batman. And in fact, Batman didn't create you, you created Batman. Um and then they Yeah,
1: she convinces herself by the yeah, end. Yeah,
0: exactly. There's always been that thing in Batman about whether, you know, it's dark no, Knight, escalation. Is, is he the one who causes more trouble than he than he solves? It? does he attract the crazies to him rather than being, you know, the intimidating force who has to, you know, clamp down on them? This this episode takes the view that he's the one who has been forced into this. I mean, you can make the argument pretty convincing the other way too, potentially. Um that's why the character is so so fascinating. Um, so good. They get away in the end, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> sure, <yeah. laughs> but the, the he, they convince the jury. They, they say, you know what? Batman um, is not guilty of this. But we're going to kill him anyway. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, which yeah. is fine. Joker's really funny as well. It, it's interesting because he's in a, in a larger um, cast here. He doesn't have to be the guy at all times. So when he's being the judge at one stage, he's just like reading from a magazine. He's like, not really watching. He's like, um, uh, Harley Quinn is, is there and she's in the witness box and he's like laying his head in the lap. Just they're just chatting and stuff. <laughs> just like some quiet character work for the Joker. Just fun to see. Um, Kevin Conway doesn't, doesn't have a huge lot to do. This is one I mentioned. He's not in it a whole lot, but he does have um, dinner with the prosecutor as Bruce Wayne, and he he does his classic, um, you know, just getting to know you sort of thing. But I really, you can tell he's he's there to you know dig some dirt on her, or at least work out what she's doing. Being the prosecutor hates Batman. Um, that's what she gets
1: captioned. Yeah. But yeah, it's good, good stuff, good episode. No, oh, that is a great one. Fuck, this series is so good. Oh my goodness. I was reading I'm, This. I'm, I think I'm going to watch the whole thing again. Oh, I think <laughs> good, I am. Good
0: on you. This concept of Batman going on trial in Arkham City, I'm oh, sorry, in Arkham Asylum, was um, mo- mooted for the movie they made, um, which became Mas- Mask of the Phantasm, which we'll talk about any minute now. Um, but they realised that it maybe wasn't a very thrilling um, concept for a whole movie of Batman sort of being, you know, in a chair the whole time. But they thought, you know what? We'll take the idea. We'll put it into an episode.
1: Yeah, I don't think it'd work as a movie. That's probably a bit long. Mm. But yeah, just a short fun, you know. Yeah. Trial episode. Ugh, come on. It's Can't tough. Go past that. Yeah. Now, was there any other episodes you watched or just a video game you played through? <laughs> <laughs> no, not not about me and the animated series. That's pretty much all I watched there. Cool. Do well, you want do you want to hear about Injustice 2? Like, take it
0: away. I played Injustice 1 back in the day, but I didn't get around to number 2.
1: Well, why don't you tell everyone what the concept of Injustice is? Well, the concept is evil Superman. Basically. It yeah, Done well, by the way. <laughs> Preface that.
0: Yeah, so that, that, that's a interesting concept we've seen play out in lots of different media, both DC sanctioned stuff, but also the boys and other things. We've got episodes mm. of Invincible, for example, where there's a Superman-like character as evil. Um, but in this especially... It is a very well-done version of of Superman who has lost it. Lois is dead. He's taking on sort of being gold king of the world. And then there's, you know, there's Earth 2 equivalent sort of stuff going on where we've got some, you know, good and evil versions of characters coming together, fighting each other. That, that, do
1: it justice? Yeah, basically. Well, it's not an injustice, Lonnie. I'll tell you (laughs) that. Thank you very much. Nah, good on you. (laughs) Yes. The best part about this is it's evil Superman done right because it's such a believable fall from mm-hmm. grace. Mm-hmm. Like, in the comics, cause the comics, some of the best comics I've ever read. Really? Justice comics. Yes.
0: That, that surprises was... me because given they're, they're based off video games, I wouldn't have thought they would be, you know, <laughs> they're actually tie-ins, you know, not, not not classics. But you reckon they're good? Well, uh,
1: yeah, mate. They start, I, I read them once they come out. Originally, they were mm. digital only and 99 cents an issue. Bargain. Okay. like. <laughs> and since then i've just uh i've collected them all as hard copies Mm -hmm. um all the first injustice ones there's five years of injustice one and then i think there's a couple years of injustice two and a year zero at some point i haven't read all of those are they
0: all canon to the video games or they're inspired by
1: no they're they're canon injustice two does a couple of things where they delve into some backstory stuff but don't acknowledge the comics which is annoying because they acknowledge the comics in other aspects. So uh, they kind of pick and choose what they want. Okay, sure. Kind of like the old cat who did Star Wars before George Lucas sold it. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just so fantastic, because basically the Joker tricks Superman with like some kryptonite-infused Scarecrow gas into killing Lois mm. and his unborn child, and also linked her heartbeat to a nuke in the middle of Metropolis, that goes off. So he basically tricks Superman into killing his world, pretty much.
0: It's pretty hard. Everyone hardcore. he loves in his life. Yeah. It's,
1: well, you would understand why that would send you off the edge, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So he just, he just straight up murders the Joker after that, and that's when him and Batman start to diverge, and the friendship starts to fall apart. The more Superman just loses his way and just becomes a tyrant, mm. and... Just basically says it's going to be a peaceful world, because I'm going to rule it with an iron fist. And because previously, what didn't work
0: clearly, because everything turned wow. to shit in my life. So yeah,
1: yeah. When I was at my peaceful best, mm, look I happened. lost my whole world. So yeah, exactly. So injustice won the game. I like it. I like it a lot. But the story, just with these doppelganger mirror universe counterparts come in and go oh look, look at the mess of this universe All we'll come help clean it up okay bye so they help him capture evil superman which is good but injustice 2 is purely focused on the injustice universe there's no doppelgangers coming in okay they're all sorting out their own shit which makes it much more intimate and much better and it was so fun playing through it again, too. So I remembered all my old combos. My Batman is still fucking filthy. I am so good with him. <laughs> I remembered, like, my 14-hit Green Lantern combo. Okay. I am the sickest dog, just saying. <laughs> um, but the story is just fantastic, and the graphics are fucking beautiful. Okay. Like, the facial capture in this is incredible. And apparently, they all did their own work, so you're kind of seeing a live-action Kevin Conroy because it's all his facial expressions, it's all his body movement as Batman. And it's incredible because it's just... Brainiac comes and starts to invade Earth, pretty much. And Batman has to make this choice. He's got Superman locked up in a Red Sun prison, but he's the only one that can stop Brainiac. So he lets him out, and it's kind of this, like, tension, like, we have to work together because the enemy is my friend, you know?
0: That's cool when they're old, you know,
1: comrades having to, tension there. That That's interesting. Yeah. I know. And you can just tell they still really love each other and they care about can each other. Can they trust oh, each that's other? Great. Oh. <laughs> that, that's why it's so good. That's why it's so good. There's okay. so much tension between right. both sides. You've sold and, me. Oh, mate, you need, you need to play it. It's okay. amazing. And there's this this bit at the end where they're invading Brainiac's ship and it's just the boys and the chapter's called World's Finest. I'm like, "Mm, so good. I just, I love Batman and Superman together. (laughs) They're the best. They really are. And it's just like old shoe. They're just like, you know, you you handle this. I'll handle this. You go do that. Mm -hmm. I got this. But at the end of the day, once they beat Brainiac, they just fall back into Superman just wants to kill him and wants to get rid Mm. of him. Batman's like, no, we can't. But, yeah, they're just too far gone from each other's ideals at this point, so. Wow. But, oh, it's amazing. It's so good, so
0: good. Are we expecting a Injustice 3 at any point?
1: Uh, NetherRealm hasn't announced their next game. There's been rumours that it was going to be Injustice 3, but then apparently now it's going to be Mortal Kombat 12. Okay. Um, but I don't, I don't know if Kevin Connery recorded lines for it, so we might not get... Him there's mm. Batman again yeah, in it, which is enough. going to be a tragedy but mm. Mm,
0: okay
1: but still I I would love to see this universe revisited because it's very yeah. interesting
0: yeah the, the, the Batman or the, the DC um video game universe has gone to be different
1: recently they've had like Gotham Knights people don't seem to love that much yeah apparently the gameplay is like really shit mm. <laughs> which like you had Arkham games right there. You know how to do a Batman yeah, game. The yeah. formula's there. You just had to do that again.
0: Strange. I'll, I'll play it eventually if it comes to PS4. Um, or if I go oh, to PS5 well. in 10 years, I guess. You bloody pleb. <laughs> living back in the last generation
1: of video game
0: um, But There's also a Suicide Squad game, isn't there? Around, but I don't know if that's.
1: Yeah, Suicide so Squad Hell to Pay, I believe mm. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now it looks fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, there'll be new Batman stuff eventually. Don't don't you worry, but... (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But without Kevin Conroy, unfortunately.
1: Uh, Yeah, it just might take a bit to recover.
0: Mm. Um, Shall we finish by talking about Mask of the Phantasm? Let's do it. All right. Now, this is one I've watched a little while ago. It's one I'd I'd heard about people saying, this is one of the best things ever, a cult classic. By the time I'd watched it, um, it had the release of the cinema, but didn't get enough publicity kind of didn't get the justice at the time that it deserved by the time i watched it it had been built up a fair bit to me and i watched it and i was like yeah that's really good and then since then i'm still thinking oh that's pretty good but everyone talks about how great it is right i watched it again dylan and i'm like you know what that is really good everyone's right
1: i had the. I I had the exact same reaction the first time I watched it. Okay. I heard about how this is one of the best Batman movies, period, including live action, any time. Yeah. I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, okay. Good. It's not bad. Mm. You know. It even pretty decent. But you know, subsequent viewings, keep watching it over and over, you're like, no, nah, this is this is really good. I think the more you really get and appreciate the character of Batman, mm. the better movie it is because it it's really a character piece at the end of the day, absolutely,
0: and I think maybe um like when I first watched it, it would have been probably just after the Dark nights, so, you know, yep, which is a different yep. kind of place. Batman movie, and then since then we've had some other examples of Batman and media, which vary in quality, <laughs> put it lightly, and you go back to this, and you're like, oh like, yeah, this is classic this is this is a character study of the man this is where everything makes him good um and a, quite a simple story, well told,
1: which I love. And it's different. It it's a love story, basically. This movie, it's a romance, which we love. <laughs> I like.
0: but we don't always get that in a you know, in an animated in an animated film, and in a superhero film, but also, you know, hey, more towards kids and stuff. So I, I think I think it really works. Um, just from the, the, the very beginning, the the coral voices in the music as we're going through the CGI-generated Gotham City, which we haven't talked I just love the red sky of this of this Gotham, mm. which they did recreate to a certain degree in The Batman this year, which obviously some nods there. It's just so good. It, it really does feel like Gotham is this scary, weird place. It's just got everything- yeah, Almost hellish. Mm. Indeed. Yeah, and it makes sense. You're like, oh yeah, this is definitely where Batman lives.
1: you get it right (laughs) off the bat yeah yeah Yeah. um the
0: so this was made in between the first and second series i believe of the animated series mm -hmm. it was doing so well they're like okay we'll give you a a film to you know make a little money obviously but also it it did help expand the brand it was supposed to be direct to video the beginning last minute they changed it to be in cinemas and so, from what, from what I've read, and I think you might know a little bit of the story as well, they crunched it, basically. They really had to get things going out in cinemas really quickly. A feature film, you can take two or three years. They had to do it in, like, eight months or something. And then once it got to the cinemas, it barely got any publicity, is the idea, and kind of sank without a trace. City, shitty.
1: Bad. Why, why would you do that, Warner Brothers? Yeah. Force them to make it a feature film and then don't even promote it. Dog act.
0: <laughs> um, you will know, though, that our boy Roger liked the film. That's good.
1: Hello. Hello. How many stars did you give it? Four? I think he gave it five. I don't have the stars in front of me, but if you give me one second, I'll find out. All right, okay. He better have given it four, or else I'm coming for him. Beyond the grave. I don't care where he is. I'll find him. <laughs> You'll find him, won't you? Yeah. Um... Do you, do you want to, while I'm
0: looking this up? Do you want to give us a bit of a rundown on the on the story,
1: please? Well, basically, with this movie, there's this new villain in town called the Phantasm, who starts killing all these like prominent mob figures in the crime world. Mm. And again, as we said before, they start to blame Batman for it, uh, which you get. You know, it's a it's a dark character in a cape. You know, you know, yeah, and he's always at the scene of the crimes where Batman is. So yeah, you how that mix-up is there. But it's also intercut with all these flashbacks of Batman when he was young and pretty much on the verge of becoming Batman
0: mm-hmm.
1: with him and Andrea Beaumont. And it kind of throws him for a loop because he starts to really fall in love and really care for this woman and he starts to become happy and starts to lose his way with his vow of basically becoming vengeance <laughs> to yeah. criminals. There's that scene that's been going around social media recently,
0: um, and it, it's the classic scene of Batman mythos. He's talking to his parents' grave, oh, and he says... Best scene in the movie. Best yeah. scene. One of the best scenes of Batman in general, let's face it. Yes. He says, I didn't count on being happy. What do I do now? I've ha- found, found someone I love that goes in the face <laughs> of my, my vow to rid the city of crime. How can I... How can I comport this with my my love for this woman?
1: Yeah, and just just apologizing just to his parents, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't avenge you.
0: <laughs> I know, and then, but then talking to various people throughout the movie, they're like, no, they'd want you to be happy, but in his his sake he's like, no, I can't be happy, and provide vengeance for them. Doesn't doesn't work. Really oh, compelling, isn't yeah.
1: it? Yeah. It's incredible, and yeah, Cameron Conroy in that scene absolutely just nails. There's just the heartbreak and the the Batman torn between two worlds. It's, oh, mm. it's brilliant. It really is It's good stuff. I don't, you know,
0: Batman doesn't really generally have many girlfriend's or the, the films don't focus on that whole lot. They do at some points, but never really the huge focus. It works really well here, doesn't it? Like it's so yeah. You can definitely tell why he would fall in love with this person and why this would happen, and it's so tragic when it you know doesn't work out like he thought it would. I know, I know.
1: Yeah, Andrea Beaumont's a great character. She's yeah. fun, which which he needs. I mean, <laughs> needs a bit of fun in his life.
0: Well, that she brings that out of him. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Fun and outgoing makes him a bit looser with life, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, no, great stuff. Um, are we spoiling? They can it? spoil it, yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious, really. You know, you know, yeah. Uh, the fa- <laughs> when you think about it, really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the phantasm turns out to be Andrea Beaumont mm. because um the the mob bosses that she's knocking off are all responsible for killing her dad, which is why she didn't end up marrying Bruce and she kind of left without a trace and it, broke it, his heart. And- it's a real like classic film, like.
0: It happened in the 1940s where we we promised to fall in love and we'll meet here at this one place and then what, for reasons we can't explain, we can't be there and then you, you don't get together. It, yeah, it's straight over a 1940s romance melodrama. Timeless. It is.
1: Timeless. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. And also, we got Mark Hamill's Joker in this too and you never turn that down. <laughs> never, ever.
0: Yeah, look, we've been critical of things in the past, where there's shoehorn Joker in. But this one, it's, it's done really well. It's the best way you could get the Joker in the story. It feels so natural. It just really works.
1: Yeah, because he was one of the mobsters, or it's alluded to. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. Before he before he was Joker. Yes. Yeah, they kind of went that Batman 89 route where they know he was like a gangster beforehand. Mm. It works yeah. for this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's good. And I, I love that he's just hanging out in this like it <laughs> just like this abandoned future fair, like a future expo. Mm. It's just like rusted out and everything. It's just a nice change of pace from like, oh, he's living in an abandoned carnival. Yeah. Isn't <laughs> that funny? Because he's a clown. That's been done. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. nice twist on it.
0: No, definitely. I like that. Um, so Roger didn't review it for the paper, so he didn't give it a star rating, but he and Siskel reviewed it when it came on DVD for their TV show. They both mm-hmm. liked it, and they were disappointed they hadn't seen it at the cinema in it's in its first run. Um, yeah, and Siskel says here that he thought it was better than Batman Returns and Batman Forever, but just below Batman. And I think since then, lots of um, lots of uh, fan votes and your know, rankings here where it's up there yeah top three generally
1: yeah. yeah I I would put it above all those 80s and 90s live action movies I'd, I'd say so yeah yeah I mean I I love Batman Returns it is fucking stupid and awful <laughs> so is Batman Forever I mean I love all those movies Let's be yeah honest. they've got their charm for we grew up with them so yeah yeah, yeah. They have, to, have to respect them yeah. but yeah as far as actual quality good as shit Batman stories go top tier stuff right here
0: and what this does which again is something i appreciated more on this this viewing it it gets to the heart of like explaining who batman is like if you watch this you understand him a bit more which is not a you know as much we love batman returns that's not about batman that happened he happens to be in a movie with people being creeps you know
1: (laughs) Yeah, with Penguin and Catwoman just dicking around, and yeah. and uh, the mayoral race and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that! I love that movie. it's So creepy
0: <laughs> But um, but this one, it's like, okay, so you got a kids' cartoon that's doing pretty well about Batman. Let's make a movie. It's like, yeah, and let's attack the psyche of the man <laughs> who is Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Let's dig
1: deep. Let's unpack him. It's like, yeah, good idea. Well, I'm kind of glad they didn't make it a theatrical feature off the bat because that's probably, they probably wouldn't have approved that. Yeah, yeah, Like, true. the fact that this is probably a direct-to-video thing, they're like, oh, yeah, do whatever, that's fine.
0: Yeah, make a big episode and, yeah. And they dug so deep,
1: 100%. Yeah, it's great.
0: Um, they say here, and I think we we got to mention it up top, but we'll say it now, the Batman from this year, with Matt Reeves and um Rob Pattinson, it owes a great deal to the nineteen nineties cartoon versions of the Batman they, you know, in this this series and this movie. Um, in terms of the Gotham City being a real character in itself. Um, mm. on Wikipedia here it says um, it was cited as an example of a film that effectively personified the characters in the bubble and Psyche by Rock Panson. So there you go. He's digging deep yeah, too. Mm.
1: Nah, good on him, I reckon.
0: Um, another thing I appreciated in this viewing um, was the Joker's cute jetpack that he, <laughs> he has. Which I thought it was really nice. Sure.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, and this, the lots of the car chases in this film. I thought were really well done. Just like yeah, just, just, just like good action. Um, yeah. And the fact that when we're having the final battle in that um, futuristic sort of Tomorrowland-esque place that's fallen to ruins, that Batman ends up fighting in the miniature city, like a kaiju sort of yes. thing, which is good fun. That's great. Um, yes. It's there, you know, to evoke King Kong and Godzilla and whatnot. Um, but yeah, also Clash of the Titans. So yeah. yeah, definitely. But also I think you could you know, take the metaphor that, you know, Batman is a, has a huge, has a huge imprint on this, this city. Yeah, huge, huge presence in this city. Yeah. yeah. And he is like their protector, like a Godzilla is protector in various forms of those stories, larger than life. Yeah. Um, Also, I meant to say before, you could kind of work this into the Batman, into Robin Pattinson's world. This could work as a sort of precursor to that Batman. He's a bit darker, I understand. Maybe not exactly, but this idea that, you know, Robin Pattinson's Batman, if he ever fell in love, it'd it'd work out pretty much like this, where he wouldn't be able to be Batman and be in love, I don't think. I'm getting that? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 definitely.
1: And. Oh, my goodness. What is happening over there? <laughs> don't know. Batmobile's going on, obviously. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Skidding around the corner. <laughs> coming for someone. Jeez, sorry about that. Uh, but, yeah, I was going to say in that uh, deleted scene they released of him and the Joker mm. in the Batman, and if you haven't seen that, watch that, because that's a great scene. Mm-hmm. It really is. It didn't really fit into the movie, but you well, can tell how heartbroken the director was to not put it in there <laughs> on Matt Reeves. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they know each other and they're familiar with each other, yeah. It could also work for this. Yeah. This could be the reason why he's in Arkham after this whole incident.
0: Yeah, that that's all. I don't think don't think it happened like that, but the way I was watching it, I was no. like, Yeah, this definitely it it, it, it makes it fit. a good thing. Makes it a makes it feel like it's part of the canon, you know, of yeah. the Batman mythos and Yeah. You no know, it was a you know, it was a sad reason to watch this for this episode today, but I'm glad I didn't I'm glad I went back to it. For sure, yeah.
1: Also, the design of the Phantasm, great design. As as Joker says in the movie, pretty much just, <laughs> you mm. know, the ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> yeah, That it works. It definitely does.
0: Yeah. Um, we said before in the animated series that that Bruce seems to be sort of at peace with himself. I think this journey through this film kind of maybe gets him there eventually. It's still pretty heartbreaking though. Like he's in the series, he's got that confidence. He enjoys being Batman. He's he's made the vow and he's sticking to it, but this is obviously him wavering. It's really hard to watch in in that respect. It's it's pretty heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, and also that scene where he finally becomes Batman for the first time and suits up, and Alfred sees him and is just in shock. Mm. Brilliant, brilliant stuff.
0: It's a really good demonstration of the fear factor, which we're kind of used to now because we've seen Batman so many times in so many different forms. But when he goes to his first sort of vigilante. Um, night and he, he comes down and he's like just in his balaclava and his hoodie and stuff and they're like oh Benny sorry he's like get away and they're like who the fuck is yeah. that guy what are you
1: doing <laughs> just talking to him in his normal voice like, yeah. stop please stop like, what the
0: fuck what are you get out
1: yeah <laughs> we'll um, shoot you i think
0: <laughs> but then a guy turns up he's a big freaky bat that is a bit scary isn't it so that kind of does work out why we do that
1: yeah it's great yeah, great stuff yeah
0: all right, anything else you want to say about Kevin Conroy and, and the Batman?
1: What more is there to say? Absolute goat. Perfected his craft over 30 years. Playing Batman right up until the end, mm. until this year, in the multiverses game that came out that I'm a big fan of. <sighs> yeah, I'll, I'll miss him. We all will.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, we said his career became defined by the Batman, but he knew what that meant to his fans and to to himself. And I'm just so glad that somebody who was there being Batman, which is an important character to us and and, to the world, let's face it, Batman makes a lot of money. He's he's one of the premier um, characters of our times. To have a good bloke playing him and doing such a good job and being so committed, it's been really special.
1: And having so much respect for the character, as much respect for the character as all the fans do. Yeah. Might not, might not get that again.
0: Yeah, it's sad. It's a really sad time. Um, I hope this episode of our little podcast has done some, some justice to him. It's just been our experiences and um, how much we've appreciated him. Um, I'm glad we could do it. Good idea, Dylan, for... Scrapping the our other ideas and just doing this today. It's
1: been good stuff. Yeah. Oh we'll miss him.
0: Yeah. Uh we've got other podcast episodes about Batman you might want to look into. Uh we did the long Halloween uh episodes or movies that came out um last year. We did Man Bat what else have we done controversial Batman opinions hot takes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Paul we Dini comic we reviewed the Batman oh we did we did a special one that night that was good and let's face it he'll be back soon
1: oh mate this ain't his last appearance definitely not
0: I've actually got an idea for, for a future episode which you might get into brilliant <laughs> I'm keen <Cain>. okay <laughs> um we are on the socials if you want to get in touch there and share your thoughts about um Kevin Conroy that'd be great love to hear your experiences too um I mean, what else they to say, Dylan? I miss you, Kevin. I miss you, Kevin. I miss
1: you, I miss you, Ben. I miss you, I miss you, Ben?